0: So industry is like the kind of restaurant. And I mean, I don't know about you, but restaurants have vibes. Like you go into a restaurant, you got a different vibe, okay? There's different opportunities. There's different kinds of people, okay? Industry can impact quite a bit of your experience. So you shouldn't ignore it. Welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, the show that highlights remarkable BIPOC young professionals killing it on their career journeys. I'm your host, Priscilla Esquivel Bolcha, Latinx career coach, corporate consultant, daughter of immigrants, and lover of breakfast tacos. Meet me for a coffee chat every Friday as we either dive into a special guest story or I'll share my own career gems. If you're a BIPOC professional feeling lost in your career or just need a dose of inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome back to the Early Career Moves podcast. We're on episode 58. We're getting so close to the end of season two, and I have decided to end the season with some solo episodes. In these last three episodes, I'll be delivering concrete strategies to further tune your exploration process for your next career move. So I'm going to start moving out of like the big picture career exploration work that I have been having you do to getting into a more targeted career exploration phase, where at the end of that, you can decide exactly it is what you're going to target in your next career move. So today, what we're going to talk about is a really exciting concept that I think is just so important to understand to be able to have a really strong career change process. And that is the career triad you really need to understand the career triad before starting on your career search process. And when I say career triad, I'm referring to three aspects that are really important. Number one, industry, number 2 function, and number 3 geography. In today's, you know, post-COVID world, geography isn't as critical, but it is still something to evaluate as you decide what kind of career move you're trying to make, and so I'll get into that in a little bit, but basically the career triad serves really two main roles for you. One, it's a really great framework to use to get your career exploration and research done so that you can finally decide like what it is that you're trying to target. And second, it also helps you make a really important decision around the type of career transition that you're going to try to make. The big takeaway here is that not all career transitions are created equal. There are actually four different kinds of transitions that I'm going to very quickly at the end of the episode name for you. And they involve different levels of effort and they have different timelines. So the easiest kind of transition may only take you a month versus a more challenging one it may take you 6 months it may take you a year and it may even take you longer so i'll walk you through that at the end of the episode because i do think it's important for you to go in eyes wide open choosing your industry function and geography that you're trying to make and t- trying to target and secondly being really clear with yourself about the kind of transition that you're about to go through cuz i think a lot of job seekers get frustrated because they a don't know like they don't have clarity over the career triad decisions that they're making. And they also don't understand the kind of transition that they're trying to make and what kind of effort and work it will involve to get there. All right, so let's get into it. First of all, what is the career triad? The career triad covers the three most important parts of the job that you have. And they resemble three aspects of your job that you really should think through carefully. The first one is industry you should know which industry you wanna play in for your next career move. The big question here is, do you want to switch your industry or do you wanna stay in the same industry that you've been in? Maybe you've never thought about what industry you're in. Maybe it's like an afterthought. Maybe this whole time you've been hyper-focused on your function, which I'll get to in a second, but industry is just as important too. It is like the broader environment that you are playing in. I like to think of it as like restaurant type. Is it a fast food restaurant? Is it a bougie restaurant? Like what is the actual restaurant type? And then your function is like the role that you play in that restaurant. Are you a chef? Are you a waiter? Are you a busboy? Are you a hostess? Are you a host? Okay, so industry is like the kind of restaurant. And I mean, I don't know about you, but Restaurants have vibes. Like you go into a restaurant, you got a different vibe. Okay. There's different opportunities. There's different kinds of people. Okay. Industry can impact quite a bit of your experience. So you shouldn't ignore it. Examples of industries are things like agriculture, education, fashion, entertainment. There's so many different kinds of industries. Just do a quick Google search and you'll come up with almost too many. And I really recommend that you target your research to one or two that really stick out to you. You might even want to look at the sub-industry of an industry if it's too broad. So like if you are interested in education as an industry, that's honestly probably too broad. You wanna think through what are the sub-industries that you're, or sub-industry that you're targeting. An example would be ed tech, education tech industry higher ed government, you know, what what is the kind of industry or sub-industry within education that will really help you in your career exploration. I wouldn't spend more than a week doing basic research on industries. It really should be a pretty quick decision that you can come to after doing some quick either googling or having some conversations with folks or listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos or just looking up reports. I would not spend more than a week doing this research. It really should be a gut-like instant attraction, almost like if you were to go on a blind date, like you should immediately feel some kind of like chemistry or spark. And it's very similar with the industry. So check in with yourself. What is the industry that you have been playing in? for your career? And is that an industry that you fell in? Or was it an intentional industry decision? And as you think about your next move, do you want to stay in this industry or not? Like that's kind of like the big guiding question that I have for you. And now I want to give you some little factors to keep in mind when you're doing your research around industry. The first one we just talked about basically genuine interest and knowledge. Is this an industry that excites you? Do you find it interesting? Could you flip through the pages of the New York Times or some other news outlet and click on articles that have to do with this industry and actually like be able to keep reading about it. Like is this something that you find interesting? If someone were to ask you today, "Hey, why are you interested in this industry?" would you be able to quickly give them a couple of answers, like little bullet point answers to explain why you're interested? And if not, that's okay. You might be new to the industry, but when you do look up more information Are you captivated by what you're learning about the industry? Is there a way that you can relate it to your own personal experiences, your interests, that kind of thing? I'll give you a quick story. When I was in business school, I started off my MBA exploring the CPG, consumer packaged goods space. And I, you know, they asked me straight up, like some of those people at some of those companies asked me like, why? Why are you interested in this industry? For the life of me, I could not put together a good response to why I would be passionate about like food and like like packaged food. Like It was just something that I personally could not Really convey any enthusiasm about respect to those people who do that, no judgment at all. It's just for me, it wasn't a fit. And so, you really want to think through like, what are industries that would be a natural fit for you? Second factor to consider is culture what's the culture or the reputation of this industry? What's the good, bad, and ugly? Is it male dominated? Is it female dominated? Is it a diverse industry? how are they thinking about recruiting talent or retaining talent? Is this an industry that is right now, especially, you know, quote unquote, post COVID is seeking to be in person or remote or hybrid. The other thing you want to think through is what is the pace of work? Is it super fast paced? Or is it a little slower? And maybe by design, you want to think through a startup tech organization will have a very different pace than a government agency. So what is a culture fit for you? Try to start thinking about what is the implication for culture for the industry that you're thinking about. And is that something that you're okay with? Read through some articles, some news articles about what folks are saying about this industry. Another factor is economic security and pay. What is the job security of this industry? What happens to this industry or organizations, companies in this industry when there are serious economic issues? Do they tend to resort to layoffs quickly? Think back to the Great Recession. How did this industry bounce back? How did it not? During COVID, how did they react during COVID? Is this an industry that's growing or dying? Is this an industry where people tend to stay a long time? And if so, is it because there's a promise of a pension? And would you also be one of those people who qualified for a pension? For example, my mom and my dad actually both have pensions. My mom is a retired school teacher. My dad's a retired worker from the city of Houston, local government. I think for both of them, actually my dad has told me the story, he never left to the private sector because of that pension promise, right that is something that that generation had more available to them than our generation, I would say, you know, millennials, Gen Z, we just, a lot of us don't have that hope for a pension, right? So think through what are the implications of that for this industry, or for my retirement, like that's a greater question. Some industries are also, it's very common for them to offer unpaid internships, politics in DC, Capitol Hill, you see that a lot, you see that in the entertainment industry. Oftentimes that's an indication of very low compensation. Is this industry well known for paying people well or offering great benefits? You'll notice that some industries just have more cash. They're able to offer stronger benefits. Do you want to get stocks as part of your compensation? What are the kinds of organizations that offer stocks? Another factor is networking or growth. This is a little bit related to geography, but basically to be in this industry, or to grow in this industry, do you need to live in a certain geographic area? For example, if you wanna break into entertainment industry, LA tends to be a city that's hyper-concentrated with those kinds of companies, organizations, people, opportunities, and are you willing to relocate there if that's something that you wanna do? A lot of people find a lot of success in the job search when they finally end up moving to a city that offers a lot of opportunities in that specific industry, especially if it's an industry that's uh, highly dependent on a specific location. The last factor is your values and your ethics. Do your personal values align with this industry? And what are the organizations and companies trying to accomplish within the industry? Do your ethics align with that? You don't wanna be working within an industry where at your core, you disagree with what they're doing. Okay, that will feel very Bad. That will not feel good. So be intentional about choosing an industry that is aligned with your personal values. So that covers industry. Now let's move into the second part of the triad, which is function. And function can mean two things. One, it could be the high-level department that you're actually working in. An example of that is marketing, HR, legal. That's the high-level umbrella function. And then there's the actual job role function that you would have. And I think it's really important for folks to understand that these are not the same thing, these are different. And within a broader department slash function, there can be so many job roles within that broader umbrella function. So don't get those confused because I do think people get tripped up in assuming that they're the same thing. Like you might assume that a legal function only has lawyers or that HR function only refers to payroll or benefits when really a lot of these broader umbrella functions have lots and lots of different types of roles. So I know that can be a little confusing and actually on the next episode, episode 59, I'm going to dive deep into specific job role function research because there is a process that I recommend following for getting under the hood of the car, which is the actual day to day job and responsibilities that you would be signing up for. But for the purpose of this career triad, I'm only covering like the high level umbrella department. It could be marketing, it could be legal. But you know, within these departments, there's so many different things you could be doing. You could be doing strategy, you could be doing analytics, you could be doing communications, you could be doing a lot of different things. So don't assume that they're the same things. Now, one thing that I think is also important to understand about large functions and how they operate is that every single company organization Nonprofit, they're going to use their functions differently. Some of them use them in a very transactional way. Some of them use them more strategically. Another way to think about them is some of them are revenue generating. So they essentially are responsible for driving the majority of revenue or results. And then other functions might be more support functions to that revenue generating function. Let's say sales might be a function that drives a lot of the revenue for the business. Legal and HR might be functions that are simply supporting internal customers. Another way to think about it is who are the customers of the specific functions that you're considering. So when it comes to career exploration research, I suggest that you think of one or two functions that you're interested, similar to the industry process that I guided you through, and think through your particular strengths and interests and what aligns the most with a particular function. I recommend doing similar research process of checking out YouTube videos, checking out podcast interviews, news articles, trying to get really familiar with what is the purpose and the function of that specific function. The other thing is, I don't want you to get too carried away with this, but there are quote-unquote stereotypes when it comes to different functions. And this idea is around personality types that do well or might thrive in different functions. And usually that has to do with, with the function's broader goals and, and their interests. For example, legal is very concerned with risk and and assessing risk, avoiding risk. If you're someone who also enjoys doing that in your personal life, then you might be a good fit for a function where that is their primary function. If you love writing, you know, what is a function where writing is highly valued? Perhaps it's in marketing. So try to start to connect the dots between your strengths, your interests, your skill sets to think about what are some functions that you might thrive in. Also your values, like what are the things that you care about? I'm someone who I'm a people centered person. I love people. I'm always going to be in some way in a, the talent people function in some way or another. And that's what I do in my consulting career Is I do human capital consulting, which is all about the people side of the business. It's 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 to me the most interesting and the most fascinating and aligns really well with my strengths. Okay, the last piece of the career triad is geography. You know, we are living in a world where there's a lot of remote opportunities. There's a lot more remote jobs. And if you are looking for only remote opportunities, then feel free to ignore this part. But there are still lots of industries and and organizations that are concentrated in specific geographic areas. And they do want their workers to work in specific geographic areas. And so you need to understand if what you're targeting will require either of those things. A lot of my friends, for example, from business school ended up going into tech and they ended up on the West Coast. So it is something to consider is, you know, you might be asked to move, you might be asked to relocate, or you might find that you'll have to move and relocate to network and to be able to break into a particular industry. And if so, if that's something that you want to do. There's really not much more to that. That's really all I have for geography. It just, it does tend to be easier to find opportunities in the city or region or area where you do live. And a lot of the times companies will take a chance on someone if they know that they are a part of their community. Like I said earlier, politics, government, federal government jobs, often it's easier to be, for example, in the DC area to be a viable candidate. I hear that a lot, like of stories of, oh, I moved to New York, and then I finally got that job I wanted in theater or something, or I, I moved to DC, and then I that's when I got my job in DC government politics and policy or something. So just consider for the move that you're trying to make, like what is the role of of the geography and how does that impact you? All right. So in terms of types of career transitions, it's really important that after you do all of this research, think through the career triad, that you get clear on what are you trying to change within the career triad when it comes to your career move. Are you trying to change industries? Are you trying to change your function? Are you trying to change, even within the broader function, your specific role? Or are you trying to change geography? Might your career move require a geography change, okay? I know, those are some big questions. And as you might anticipate, you know what's really hard to do? (laughs) All of the above, or even more than one, okay? And this has a direct impact on how long it will take for you to make your career move and how much effort will be involved for you to be able to make the career change. The easiest career change is the career change where you stay in the same industry you stay in the same function, you stay in the same role function, and maybe you don't switch geography. The only thing you change is just your employer and just your company. If that's you, you don't need a career coach, like you're good. You are probably already naturally attracting recruiters who wanna talk to you. And most of the time when recruiters are reaching out to you already on LinkedIn, for example, it's because they're asking you to consider a new company. It's not necessarily a new job role function. You might see industry, but it'll typically be in the same job role function. So just that's just, just to be really honest with y'all, like that is the easiest career change to make you can probably start applying to jobs now with that experience. However, if you are trying to change industries, that requires some intentional work and research and networking and learning and interview preparation to be able to make that change. When you switch industries, you have to make the case for why you're making this change. You might not be changing your job role or your functional group, and that makes it a lot easier for the recruiter To say, okay, let's take a chance on this person because I know that they can do the job. They have the skill set to do this job. An accountant in the music industry does the same job as an accountant in the pharma industry. So, you know, when it comes to roles like that, like industry doesn't really matter. And that's not that hard of a career transition to make when you're just changing your industry. Now, when you are changing your job role function or your function only in keeping the industry that is still a more difficult change to make recruiters at the end of the day hiring managers at the end of the day they want to know do you have the skill set required to do this job successfully and so if you don't have that same functional experience Skills experience, you may not make it to the short list of candidates. And so that's where you do need to spend a little more time assessing what are your marketable skills, what are your transferable skills, or actually having experiences or taking courses or doing certifications or doing boot camps where you're able to fill the skill gap that you need to be able to be successful. Again, that takes time, that might take money, that may take effort. And so mixing that in with also an industry change, you can see how this can become a little bit unmanageable and can become probably a year's worth, if not longer process to make that type of career change. By the way, this is why people go to business school and get their MBA or do other master's programs is because they believe that they can make this change much much faster through a graduate degree program. When I work with clients, however, I work with you to work with what you've got and not have to take on debt or have to go through a graduate school process. I did. That's how I broke into a new industry and a new role. Quite frankly, even though it was it was tangential, it was a new role. It was a new industry. And so the MBA process is what helped me do that, but I still learned all of the skills that job seekers need when they're trying to make those switches because there is an art to this and plenty of people do this every day without a graduate degree. So don't get discouraged if you're not pursuing that. Also, thank God you're not pursuing that because (laughs) student loan debt is not cute. Okay, the last piece here is the geography piece. It's hard to do industry change and role change and geography change. So so my recommendation, start with one. Just start with one, especially if you have a shorter timeline. Like if you're like, I want to make a change in the next three months, in the next six months, just choose one of these things, right? Like break into the industry that you want to first, and then later, maybe a year later, try to move into that different function or do it the reverse, right? Like there's baby steps that you can take in the next year to get you to where you want to go eventually. All right, y'all, that is all I have for you. I hope you enjoyed the career triad to help guide your more targeted career exploration, make decisions about the type of career change you wanna make, how long you wanna make it, the effort that you're willing to put forth in this process. All right, y'all, talk to you next week. Hey, are you thinking about changing careers? Then you need to head over to my website, ecmpodcast.com, and sign up to get your free 20-page guide that I wrote with you in mind. I wrote this guide to help you change careers and get really clear on what it is that you want to do next. Career clarity is key to a career transition journey. All right, can't wait to hear what you think about it. Have a great week.